Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning to you and you and you. And welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about people and organizations that make an impact around Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm your host this week, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. Thanks for joining me. Now, later on this hour, we're going to catch up with Amy Razor, Fort Worth Regional Director of the Better Business Bureau. That's right. She is the Regional Director. Amy's going to tell us the latest stimulus scams that are out there, as well as a lot of other tips on how to pick out businesses to hire. The Better Business Bureau is always looking out for you and you and you. But first, let's dive into an amazing organization, My Possibilities. My Possibilities is designed to provide people with cognitive disabilities the chance to continue their education. They provide vocational skills, socializational opportunities, trade skills, and independent living skills to hipsters that give them the chance to live the life they deserve. Joining us right now is the Executive Director, Michael Thomas. Michael, before we go any further, what do you mean living skills for hipsters? What is this about hipsters? Yeah, I, I see how that could be confusing. When you hear living skills for hipsters, the, the immediate thought is we're talking about, you know, they need guys, you have to wear shoes, no more man buns, granola, <laughs> and maybe limited. Sunglasses. Uh, yeah. yeah, different different kind of hipster. Uh, but you, you Crap beers. We, we support adults with cognitive disabilities. And so for us, a hipster is a hugely important person. Ah. Um, and it's kind of a, it's a, it's a term of honor, really. A lot of our guys, they're, they're proud to, uh, acknowledge that they're hipsters, and uh, what it really boils down to is adults that have uh, a really wide variety of, of abilities and diagnosis, and so you've got uh, autism and Down syndrome and cerebral palsy, and uh, it doesn't really matter to any of them. They, you know, we're all hipsters, so that's that's who we serve. You know what? I love that phrase, and I love the way you put it. And by the way, Michael, congratulations. For those who don't know, you made the Dallas Business Journal 44 under 40. That means you okay. are getting things done, and we appreciate you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was a, it was a unique time to uh, to go through that. That right about when we were getting ready to to really meet and greet and get together with our little our cohort. Uh, you know, this little thing happened last year. I don't know if you if you caught up with that. There's a virus that went around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that sort of sort of shut that down. But man, I, I do appreciate that. It's an honor, and uh, you know, I'm from Dallas, so even being considered for a list like that is a big that, big deal. That is awesome. So you're from Dallas. Where did you grow up? What school did you go to? And how did you get involved with my possibilities? Yeah, I'm an I'm an East Dallas kid. Um, I end up going to. Well, then you are uh, a hipster. Yeah, I would have gone. I played soccer at Bryant Adams, but I would I went to Booker T. So I'm a uh, uh, sort of a strange human, but uh, stayed local with SMU. That means you're and, creative, uh, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Booker T means you're creative. That's the school of the arts. That, absolutely, yeah, no, and uh, and and when it got to SMU and thought maybe I was going to carry that creativity, uh, specifically music, into a into a career, and then uh, and realized, you know what, I, I have a, a passion for uh, being around people with disabilities that are just different than me, and uh, I I left SMU and went straight into uh, into the career into the field of of disability organizations and have been there ever since. So, can you tell us about the history of my possibilities for those who don't know anything about it? Yeah, this is, uh, you know, for, for everything that goes right in Texas and for everything that we, and I'm a proud Texan, Chris, uh, I'll, there's a million things I think the state gets right. Um, and then there's a bunch of things that we get wrong. And one of those things is taking care of people with disabilities. And um, the we're the 49th ranked state in the country as it relates to funding for people with disabilities, which makes no sense. Um, this state has so much going on, you would imagine we'd be able to take care of them, but uh, it, it just isn't that way. And so this organization 
exists because a couple of moms had kids coming out of public school. And you, you get to this final meeting, and the, the school district basically says, all right, guys, this is your last year, so you got to go find where your kid's going to go next. And uh, our founder, uh, Charmaine Solomon, she's originally from South Africa, moved here in 99. She, the way she tells it is she says, I was sort of clueless and just figured, okay, cool, I'll go find, I'll go find the next place for my son. And started going around North Texas looking for um, a place for him to go and, and found out very quickly that the only programs that existed at the time, this is back in 2007, um, were just adult daycares, just, mm-hmm. you know, Disney movies and, and uh, coloring books. Right. And she said, you know, my son's 21 and he's, he's got so much to learn and so much to offer the world. Um, and she, she got together with a couple of moms and they all found similar, similar things in their journeys. And they said, well, we got to start something. And so they literally got kind of like Southwest airlines, except instead of a bar, they were at a Starbucks and, uh, scribbled on the back of a napkin, a game plan for what this organization would become. And, uh, you know, looking back on it kind of from a Nostradamus type way, like they, they nailed it. Um, we're, we're doing all of the things that they said needed to happen back in 2007. Uh, so it's been about a 12, 12, 13 year journey. And we support about 600 adults with disabilities on a, on a weekly basis now. Michael, I'm familiar with you guys through the KNC masterpiece, uh, 105.3, the fan Corey majors has done a lot of work with you guys with, because of his daughter being involved with it. Can you talk about, well, actually what I wanted to say was I did an event with Corey. You guys had an event. It was a relay in Plano. I was right. very impressed at how organized and how well it was sponsored. Can you talk about that event and other things like that that you guys do? Yeah, you know, our, our organization, um, specifically people with disabilities, tend to be sort of an out-of-sight, out-of-mind group of people. Mm-hmm. Always have been um, very sort of, not dis- disenfranchised is probably the right word, but really um, – have always been treated as, you know, that family's issue. And so there's not a lot of getting them out in the open and other than maybe special Olympics, there just aren't a lot of opportunities for the rest of the world uh, to engage with, uh, with our hipsters. So we do as many events as we can that, that bring the community in to us or that allow our guys to engage with the community just to demonstrate that uh, our guys can live, work and play, you know, alongside any one of us. And, and that is that is effectively this organization's goal is, is somebody comes in the front door and says, hey, I want to uh, work at 105.3 The Fan. I want to live next door to Chris Arnold, and I want to go to uh, the same bar that Michael goes to and, and have a drink with him, and, and I want to have meaningful relationships. We build that educational path for them to get there, and uh, community engagement is a huge piece of that puzzle. You mentioned the community engagement I noticed, I'm going to bring up this particular store, this grocery store, because I thought it was outstanding. I noticed the Central Market, which is part of the Menyards organization, they hire quite a few hipsters. And I noticed that they're always there, and it's just part of the community, and I just absolutely love it. Are there situations where you're able to provide opportunities of employment for some of the hipsters? Absolutely. We have a, a, a program uh, called Launchability that is 100% focused on career, uh, career training and job placement. And then once we've supported you know, somebody with a disability getting a job in the community, then we're ongoing support. Because uh, that's, that's the worst thing that could happen is somebody with, let's say, autism gets placed in a great job opportunity and six months later, the manager changes, the coworkers change, and now nobody around that individual understands how to communicate with that person. And unfortunately, what typically happens is that person will lose their job, no fault of their own. So our team uh, develops relationships with companies. And we go in on the front end and say, look, if you've got a diversity and inclusion department, you should, you should be including and hiring people with disabilities. Let us help you do that. And then once you've gotten to that point, let us help you continue to do that. Mm-hmm. And we got some great, you named Central Market. There's some, some great, uh, great companies. In actually, it's Market Word. Street. Yeah. Oh, Mar- yeah. Market Street does it. Central Market does it. Mm-hmm. Actually, the, the grocery world in general was a little ahead of the game because um, they realized there were roles yeah. in the grocery store that just made sense to engage people uh, like our hipsters. But it's, it's, improving drastically. I mean, we've, we've placed people in the last year, including like through COVID even, uh, at, at JP Morgan Chase, at Toyota, at Bank of America, AT&T. 
I mean, these are big time companies that realize they're not hiring this population because, you know, quote, it's the right thing to do. I mean, it is that, mm -hmm. but uh, they're doing it because it's a good business decision. Our guys are amazing employees. They're always positive. They, they're job loyal to a fault. Like they'll, they'll never, ever leave their job if given the opportunity. And, and they're a cultural, you know, improvement to their team. Sure. So if, I mean, like you can, if, you, if you're an HR manager and you're hearing all those things and you didn't know who I was talking about, you'd be like, uh, we, we, let's hire that person immediately. Mm -hmm. And then, unfortunately, in the U.S., when I say, oh, by the way, that person you just heard all those amazing characteristics uh, about them, they have Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. Well, that shouldn't matter. You should be like, yeah, that's fine. We'll figure it out. But unfortunately, we're not quite there yet. Um, we haven't been doing this long enough to feel super comfortable. So that's that's what our team does. They get in there and make it easy. We're talking with the executive director of My Possibilities, Michael Thomas. We were talking about these different opportunities for employment. Do you know off the top of your head maybe the top three vocations that you guys have been able to place people with or they've had success in? Yeah, I mentioned a couple of them. Uh, Bank of America has an amazing program. J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, you know, they just moved into the North Texas area, and they came out guns blazing, uh, hiring people with disabilities. They they want to commit uh, 50 new hires this year in Dallas Fort Worth, which wow. is a that's a big deal. Um, and then Sedexo Toyota, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, sure. Sedexo Magic. That's Magic Johnson and his deal. Um, they've hired a number of people working at the Toyota location within. Uh, the food service world. So, I mean, and these are companies that get it. They're not, you know, they're coming back to us saying, okay, we need three more. Okay, we need five more um, because they see the value in it. You mentioned earlier about the COVID situation that happened with My Possibilities. How were you guys able to pivot during that time? Yeah, it was, in, you know, it's funny. Our, our whole model is based on providing in-person education. Um, by default, people with, with intellectual or, or developmental disabilities, you know, many of our guys can't read, um, have a hard time utilizing technology. And so when the rest of the world was going, okay, you know, learning is, is going to be at home, just jump on your computer and log in, boy, that's a lot more complicated um, for our world. And mm -hmm. so we, and there was no platform out there. You know, um, you know it's like, you tell me if this is not a comp. This is like someone maybe a grandparent or someone who wasn't tech savvy and, and saying, oh, we're going to teach you how to do this online, and they're not online all the time. Right. And, I mean, some of our guys don't utilize – think about it. If you can't read and write, how are you going to navigate a computer and, and get, to, uh, get to the Zoom login? And, exactly. And, you know, it's just challenging. So our team, in a, in a matter of a couple of weeks, took all of the, the curriculum that we teach internally, immediately figured out what courses could be taught virtually – and then started launching Facebook Live classes, Zoom classes, and doing whatever we could to just make sure our guys were supported at home. And over a period of, of months, it developed into a, I mean, it's an, it's an indefinite program for us now. MP Online is a, uh, is a big deal. And in the last two months, we've had two corporate partners that have come on board, the specific one, big one, Capital One, uh, looked at what we were doing and said, hey, we we believe in this, we get it, and this needs to be an ongoing thing. So, you know, kudos to COVID, if that's even a statement that can be said. Um, you the know, the it, silver lining. Open, the silver lining. Opportunities. Yep, the silver lining. Yeah, you got to look for it, too. I, we did a lot of preaching last year internally and also within the nonprofit world that, boy, it was really, really hard in April, May, June, July last year looking for the silver lining or trying to think aggressively or take on new ideas because everybody was just trying to survive. And when, when the economy tanks, one of the first things to go is, is charitable contributions. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but last year, man, we just, we just looked at everything and said, no, this is the year we need to be aggressive and, uh, and we need to, you know, launch this program. And, and what are the other things that didn't exist before that need to be parts of our future? And yeah, we're, man, we're, we're running with all of them. You know what, Michael, you're reminding me of my favorite quote. I love quotes, and my favorite quote growing up to this day is from Robert F. Kennedy. He said, some people see things as they are and ask why. I dream things that never were and ask, why not? Love that. And, and Chris, it may have been on accident, but how appropriate that uh, that quote's from a Kennedy, because that family is 
Yes. Is, is responsible for the engagement of people with disabilities over the last 70 years. Yeah, they created years. the Special Olympics, for those who don't know. Special and, and Best Buddies. Yes. Both of those came out of the Kennedy family. They're, they're a huge, huge part of the disabilities history in America. Now, we mentioned COVID, and I'm sure there were some big events that had to get canceled. There are things that you still want to try to get done where people can help and get involved. You mentioned opportunities. Now's an opportunity for you to tell people who are listening who say, wow, I'd love to get involved with my possibilities. What can we do? You know, the, the, until the world is, is sort of, I don't want to say back to normal because I don't think that's a thing, um, but as far as safety and health associated with, uh, with the, the virus, there's not a ton on site because, you know, we, we, we are serving the most immunocompromised population out there. Mm-hmm. Our guys have a lot of health issues. So we're pretty, you know, we're, 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 we're playing that safe. But I will say one thing that happened last year that's become an amazing, amazing opportunity for us uh, in January of 2020, we took on an initiative and, and took over a company called Soap Hope. And uh, soap, like you scrub your hands with, uh, S-O-A-P-H-O-P-E. And so we, because we saw this as an opportunity to run a small business, employ people with disabilities, and, and get our name out there. And when COVID hit, the whole world shut down, and all we keep hearing from Fauci and the CDC is, hey, everybody needs to wash their hands with soap as much as possible. Just buy soap, wash your hands with soap. And we're like, we're looking around the room virtually going, nothing's working for us, but dang it, don't we, didn't we just acquire a soap company? Like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> so... So that was a big, a huge win for us last year. We we moved the uh, the business up here by my possibilities by our campus. Uh, we revamped the website, and you can buy the whole website is natural and and uh, and clean soap products. And the people that are fulfilling your orders. So when you go online and you buy whatever it is you buy, it gets shipped to your house. The people that pull your order, pack it, ship it to you, the whole nine yards, are our hipsters. Mm-hmm. Earning earning an income and working at Sopo. That was the whole point. Um, so that I mean that would be a, an amazing way for people even even before they can get in touch with us in person, uh, while this virus is still going on. You know, people can go to soaphope.com and uh, you know you got to buy soap, right? Yes. I mean, everyone needs soap. So instead of uh, getting that in the same shopping deal, we ship it straight to your place, and uh, it's all it's all the same stuff you're probably buying anyway. So. We're asking people to, yeah, consider that, become a member, and uh, the same way you, you know, you you do a membership, uh, points roll into your account, and then two months later you just go in there and spend your points. It's a pretty pretty slick little deal. It's awesome, and it's so perfect for today's world because everything is delivered at your door nowadays, and why not get your soap at the door? That's right. Absolutely amazing. We're talking with Michael Thomas, the executive director of My Possibilities. So let's say there's a hipster in your family, and you want them to be involved with my possibilities. How do we get in touch with you on that level? Yeah. And, and Chris, that's in my opinion, the most important thing that can come out of this uh, conversation is that somebody who didn't know we were around, uh, who, who needs this service for their sibling or their cousin or their, their child, whoever it is, mm-hmm. uh, finds out about us. Easiest way to do it, man, is just mypossibilities.org. All the information about the different services we offer uh, is online and there's a there's an info uh, opportunity. Just click for more information. There's an admissions process, but you know everybody needs something different. And getting to that website and kind of looking around to see what we offer, and, and then when you know when they call up, say, hey, listen, we're interested in getting a job or living independently, or my kid just wants to socialize and, and learn a learn a new hobby. I mean, we got them soup to nuts. Uh, they just gotta jump online and, and then reach out. You know, you have found the perfect platform for your career. Just think back when you were going to Booker T. Washington and into music, you had no idea that this would be more fulfilling and it would be so much fun. It's, it's, you enjoy what you do. So it's not even work. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? No, man. It, it's a, uh, I have never once woken up in the morning and gone, uh, gotta go to work or gotta do this. But every single day is, is exciting is is an opportunity and i you know i I try and tell people that that our world has done a really good job of conditioning us to believe that you have to make your money in one place and then give give back to the world and fill your passion bucket somewhere else and that's just not true um you can do both in the same place and 
organizations all over DFW, man. They're, they're always looking for talent and wonderful people. And there's no better way to live your life than to wake up in the morning and know I can take care of my family and I can help take care of other people at the same time. That's a, it's a huge win if you can find it. It's a blessing here, here. Oh, Michael, I've been teasing this because you were mentioning the music. A lot of people want to know what kind of music can you play? Are you an instrumentalist, a vocalist? <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, Write songs? Uh, I, I was a, a pianist. I played uh, classical piano and, and some, some jazz through high school and college. But Van Clyburn. Uh, oh, yeah. No, admittedly, <laughs> admittedly uh, somewhere around the end of high school, I realized, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to be good enough to do this as a yeah, career. <laughs> right. So uh, it, was, uh, it was either play soccer uh, in college somewhere else or stay in Dallas, go to SMU and, and pursue what actually on the front end was music therapy. Uh, I didn't know it at the time, but for some reason I was called to uh, use music in a therapeutic way. And I didn't know why, but um, man, you know, you never, I never questioned the nature of the path that, that got me here, but uh, I'm, I'm happy it all worked out the way that it did. Okay. So I'm going to pull the curtain back for all of our listeners here on better living, because when I first called you to pre-interview you, to, I mean, just to, well, they were set up the studio here. We were talking about, how yesterday we both saw the inauguration of Joe Biden, and yep. what captured our attention was the young lady, Amanda Gorman, mm. the youngest person, she's 22 years old, the youngest person to ever do the official poem at any presidential inauguration. And we were blown away, as well as millions of other Americans and people all over the world, by her poem and the way she presented it. And then lo and behold, we find out that she's a hipster. That she yeah, has had a she had a speech uh, speech issues as a child. Yes, um, worked through with with speech therapists and and used poetry and reading to to help overcome some of those issues. And you would never in a million years would you have known yesterday when in her delivering that poem that she had ever had an issue with communication. But uh, yeah, it started because you asked me how you doing today, and I just said you know after yesterday uh, a little bit better because the the. I was introduced to a, a woman named Amanda Gorman, and, and I just think this world is a better place now that we all know. She's been around. Like, it's, I've just been, right. you know, live, living in my own little cave. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the world needs her as much as possible um, to, to continue with messages like that. Cause, and she had, a, she had a grown man in Texas driving in his pickup truck crying on the way to work. That just <laughs> Hey, she touched a lot of people. And, again, she rose to the occasion in that particular spotlight, which was the inauguration. And her words were so profound. She's done a, a number of interviews since then. And, again, her name is Amanda Gorman. And she said just up until two years ago, she had to overcome this spe- this speech issue. She also mentioned she also mentioned in that speech that when she wrote that poem, she was looking at all the different things that were going on, and she researched all the different poets who had had done their poetry, you know, at the inauguration, you know, over the last couple hundred years. I mean, she literally went that far back. But she also talked about how what makes her write our words. She will read articles. She will read different stories. She will read things. And it's not just the visuals. You follow me? So I was just impressed with her knowing about her speech issues that she used words to overcome her problems, her, her, uh, her deficit, her, her, uh, her flaw. And you would never know. And coincidentally, and I'm deliberately using the term poetically, um, reciting a poem at the inauguration of a president with a speech impediment. Yes, I, like, the, irony. All, <laughs> the irony. The and, irony. And probably probably a little uh, uh, intention in that. But, yeah, I, uh, I yesterday just kind of felt, for whatever reason, uh, a little bit better. And, uh, man, for me, she had a, she had a you know, no knock on, on uh, J-Lo, Lady Gaga, or, or <laughs> you know, uh, Garth or anything, but... I mean, she she was she was the uh, she was the star, uh, the shining star for sure. She was the star. I've had a chance to read her poem in the words alone, and they are just absolutely so profound. And she wrote every single one of them. By the way, she said she took diff- different things here and there, but she gave credit to those whose words inspired her exactly. So, I mean, she is just she's just absolutely amazing, Amanda Gorman. If you get a chance, for anybody who's listening right now, Google up her, her poem if you missed it. 
or go to YouTube and you can see it. But back to my possibilities. And I bring her up because, again, she's a hipster. And you said there's so many hipsters in our lives, and we may not even know it. Can you talk about that as well? Right. Because there's different degrees of special needs. Yeah, that's that's uh, we they call them invisible disabilities. Um, you know, people that have autism, people that are on the the uh, spectrum that have Aspergers and and cogn- uh, just traumatic brain injuries. Even you mm-hmm. know, you can come up with you can walk past somebody that looks totally fine, walks totally fine, but cognitively they're having a hard time uh, reasoning what's going on. So. It's um, that for me, that's been a big learning experience over the last 15 years is that disability, it's way more prevalent than you think. And unfortunately, our education system isn't very good at supporting the learning process, the learning life cycle of somebody with a disability, Um, whether it be something as simple as as dyslexia or dysgraphia, which in and of themselves are not simple, um, or a true cognitive uh, disability where somebody's IQ might be 40. 45, 50, you know, IQ points, that's, that's hard to navigate and hard to communicate. Um, and there should be more of a long-term pathway for learning. Can you talk about, yep. yeah, I was going to, I hate to cut you off because I just, you just sparked me. Uh, we were talking about young people and kids, but it could be any age. You guys do, you work with people of all ages, hipsters of all ages, right? That's right. And we kind of pick up where the public school system stops. So, you know, somebody with eight, if you're, if you're a tra- traditional high school student, you go to Booker T or something, and, and you're 18 years old and you're coming out of high school, then you got, you got a hundred different pathways. You can go wherever you want. You can go to college, you can go to trade school, you can start a business. You, I mean, there's a million different, go to the army. But if you, if you're 18, 19 years old and you're coming out of high school and you have autism, boy, that's about it. I mean, there, there aren't many on the, on a national scale, certainly not enough to support the need there aren't many educational pathways out of high school. There's a lot of programmatic opportunities, which is, you know, what, what our founders saw back in 2007, um, a place to go and sit down and hang out for five, six, seven hours a day. But can you imagine having a 21-year-old, 20, 21-year-old child with, that you know has mm-hmm. the ability to grow and then saying, well, this is the only thing that's out there and, uh, and that's fine, for that individual, the next 60, 65, 70 years of their lives, uh, it's not enough. And um, that's, that's kind of what we're pushing for. The hope is over time, the expectation of what this population can do out of high school changes. And whether they need five years here mm-hmm. or 20 or 25, I don't, it doesn't matter. Everybody should be given the opportunity to learn at their own pace and and pursue what the freedoms of this country allow us to pursue the ability to to live a, a healthy and safe and meaningful life uh, and and sadly this is a population that hasn't been afforded those same opportunities uh, and we're trying to change that could you talk about some of the older hipsters who are some of the older ones and are their uh, possibilities different from the younger ones as you've been talking about yeah, yeah, we've got, I mean, uh, I always, when people say, what age group do you serve? I say we, we serve 18 to Mr. Bobby, and that's because Mr. <laughs> Bobby, every single year, he's, he, he, gets, he has a birthday, and then he becomes, uh, our age range cha- widens a little bit. He's 74. Look out. And, uh, you know, it's funny, when he came in, he's a perfect example of, of uh, customized education. He doesn't want to have anything to do with job training, because he worked for 30 years in a Luby's. He came in and said, I've, I'm retired. Uh, he, he comes here because he's a mentor right. uh, to his peers, because he likes to socialize. He enjoys being around people. And when he started in his late 60s, he was living in a nursing home. And, you know, even in a nursing home, if you have a cognitive disability, you're sort of an outcast. Mm-hmm. And so he can, he started coming to us and he's taken on leadership roles. But, you know, just because somebody has a, a diagnosis, and they turn 55, 60, 65 years old. They're still looking for meaningful relationships and engagement. And for some of our guys, uh, they don't want to get a job. They've been living independently with a roommate for 30 years. Mm-hmm. They, they just want meaningful relationships. And that's where that socialization and, and community engagement piece comes in. We try and get them out into the world as often as possible so they can enjoy being a part of the community. I'm going to kind of shift the subject just a little bit because I'm thinking of all kinds of possibilities by just talking to you. We're talking with uh, Michael Thomas, the executive director of My Possibilities. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the world of sports, you know, for 105.3 The Fan and with the Dallas Mavericks, and 
I've been aware of CTE issues mm-hmm. for, for, for the last 20 years or so. Uh, football players in particular, when they get concussions or in boxers getting concussions. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about cognitive decline. Are there any people in your organization that were athletic or wound up involved Definitely. with my possibilities because of a, a CTE situation? Yeah, wrestling, um, wrestling issues, um, football, um, not specifically CTE, mm-hmm. but um, but just general traumatic brain injury. And sure. that's what people don't realize is whether it's a hard hit on a football field or a bad car accident um, or a fall, you can go from living a completely normal and independent life to having, uh, you know, the cognitive ability of somebody that was born with, with you know, a, a cerebral palsy or, or mm-hmm. Down syndrome or something else. And so then your needs shift completely to those that, that, you know, the rest of our hipsters have been used to their whole lives. So, yeah, and, and we've had war veterans that have come back with, oh, yeah. with cognitive disabilities from injuries. So, yeah, I think there's a real, it goes back to that out of sight, out of mind kind of concept. There's a lot of people that post-injury, um, it's almost too emotional for a family to acknowledge publicly, and so it becomes an internal issue. And those individuals tend to stay at home, don't get out as often as they probably should. But, um, yeah, man, the, the number of stories and number of different pathways that have landed people in our program are, you know, I said we, have, we see 600 people here on a weekly basis. we got 600 different pathways to MP. And it's not all, you know, some of it was they were born with, uh, with a disability and some of them acquired them later. I mean, even, even something is, that sounds simple, but something is as common as mumps as a kid. Wow. Uh, if you're an 18 month old kid and you get mumps, well, you know, more often than not, that turns into a lifetime of cognitive disability. And there's a lot of stuff uh, that can happen like that. This has been an amazing conversation, especially expanded upon all the different topics and how people can understand who the hipsters are. We're all hipsters in certain ways and what you guys can do for everyone. My possibilities, executive director, Michael Thomas, before we get, get out of here, Michael, how can people find out more online? Because especially nowadays, people like to, even when they shop for cars, they like to look at it online so they can take their time and find out more. How can they find out more about my possibilities online? Yeah, we, we try and do a really good job of getting all that information online for people. So whether it's, whether they're looking specifically at, uh, you know, who works there or what, what do they provide or how have they performed? I mean, we put our financials out there. We put our whole staff online, all of our programs. So if you're interested in any way, shape, or form, whether it's for a, a family member to attend some of the programs, uh, looking to get involved in a charitable way or, or your company that, that's looking to hire somebody, one of our guys at your company, um, Learfield, by the way, I'll throw them out there because you'd be familiar um, one of my favorite people in the world, one of our hipsters named Jeffrey, got a job at Learfield, mm-hmm. and they they have him running meetings. They, I mean, he's that good, awesome. and uh, and and that company is starting to realize, oh, this is something we should do in all of our offices across the country. So, man, it doesn't it doesn't matter whatever the need is or interest is, they can they can jump online at mypossibilities.org, dot uh, org, and and they can hit me up directly too. Um, you know, my email is on the website too, and. And we'd be happy to plug anybody in in any way that is meaningful for them. That'll work. You take care of yourself. And now joining us here on Better Living is Amy Razor. She is the Fort Worth Regional Director of the Better Business Bureau. How are you doing, Amy? I'm doing great. We are so glad you joined us because this is the month of January, and there's a lot of people who start the year wondering about business. There are some people who are trying to hire some businesses, and there's some people who are trying to get jobs. Can you talk a little bit about how the uh, Fort Worth or the Tarrant County area of the Better Business Bureau is doing business in the month of January? What's January like compared to the other months? Um, You know, we're really doing a deeper dive into looking into how we can provide more support. So Mm -hmm. we really want to have meaningful conversations with business owners about what their needs are right now and how we can help. Can you talk about how you got involved with the Better Business Bureau, how long you've been involved in, some of the interesting things that have happened to you over the last few years? Certainly. Um, I got involved about two and a half years ago. Um, my background is in nonprofit. I've been in the nonprofit field in uh, Tarrant County for about 20 years mm-hmm. uh, and found this listing and just checked every box. I got really excited, and I didn't even know at that time that BBB is also a nonprofit agency. Ah, I didn't know um, that either. 
Right. Yes. Yeah. So we are a, a dual nonprofit, actually. We are a 501c6, which is a membership organization. So similar to like a chamber or a rotary, our businesses are our members and they join. People love to know that the Better Business Bureau is involved or is sanctioned by the Better Business Bureau. How many businesses are involved in the Fort Worth Regional Better Business Bureau? We have a little over 4,000 accredited businesses in our area. You know, we're always looking to, to grow that. You know, the the seal that, that we have is called you know, basically our logo shows people that, that you've been checked out and that you're one of the good guys. And mm-hmm. we really believe in, in advancing uh, trust in our marketplace. Can you talk about the vetting process? How do you guys determine if someone's worthy of the Better Business Bureau <laughs> seal of, appro- of approval? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So businesses apply for accreditation. It's not just a, a given or a pay to play like like people might think. It is, it is actually an application process, and we check things like how long the business has been in business. So we um, prefer that businesses, we ask they wait until they're six months old before they apply for accreditation. Uh, and then we look at, you know, how responsive are they to their customers? Are they in good standing? Do they have all their licenses? So we check all of that information and then invite them to join. And then at that time, they are asked to agree to uphold our standards of trust. Um, and, and that agreement means that they will um, advertise honestly and honor promises and safeguard privacy of their customers, um, a list of, of eight standards that they agree to. And if there's ever any point when those one of those is called into question or if we have an issue, then we have a conversation. Um, and say, hey, this this needs to be looked at, and we need to check into this a little bit further. You guys use a lot of online reviews. I mean, everybody likes to, because that's also a confirmation. Safe to say, the BBB is a more thorough review. Can you uh-huh. guys talk about some of the complaints that are filed against certain businesses and, and how you guys address those complaints? Certainly, and it's interesting that you ask it in that way because, uh, a consumer that has an issue has to make a decision on whether or not they're going to write a review or file a complaint. But they can't do both, so there can't be double jeopardy there. Um, and so what we do when we receive a complaint is we start the mediation process. So we're going to ask the business, is this your customer? Um, can, can you explain from your perspective what went on? And then we go back to the consumer and say, you know, this is what – uh, the business feels took place and, and what is it that you want? And different people want different things. They might want an apology. They might want the work redone. They might want a refund. It's just different for everyone. And so we work through that, that conversation and go all the way through mediation, arbitration, and even binding arbitration to help resolve the issues. Can you talk about one of the most shocking things that you had to uh, field a complaint on. You don't have to name the business. You might refer to the type of business it was, but it just made you, you know, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, there have been many, um, and and certainly one of the things that that we pay attention to is we pay attention to patterns and watch the, the patterns of complaints and things that come through and see if there's something that we need to take a, a deeper dive and dig into. Um, I have to say, probably one of the the hardest ones was our puppy scams oh no Um, yeah every year yes it's usually around the holidays because people want to you know surprise their kids with a puppy um and so we've seen a lot of that where people think they're getting a specific dog and the dog doesn't exist the pictures that were online were just stock photos and they're out several hundred if not thousands of dollars um trying to secure this pet. So that's, that's been a, a tough one um, just because there's so much emotion involved right. in those, those situations. It's so funny you brought that up because literally back in November, I was thinking about surprising my daughter with a puppy for Christmas. And I actually talked to some, you know, um, shelters about it and the difference uh-huh. between a shelter and a puppy mill. And everything you just said struck home because they were talking about how so many people would like to surprise their family with a puppy and Uh it just turns out to be scandalous and it breaks a lot of hearts or they get the puppy 
and then they find out they're not equipped to handle the puppy and they have to take it back to somebody. I mean, uh-huh. I can imagine the emotions involved in something like that. Absolutely. Very difficult. Can you talk about uh, also, since there's a lot of stimulus checks that have been going out the last couple of weeks, some of the stimulus scandals. I've heard about them, but I don't know some details. <laughs> sure. Um, so in most cases, for most people, the, the money is going to be directly deposited directly into your bank account. Right. Um, in the event that you are receiving a check, you will get that check directly. You're not going to be contacted by anyone. Uh, no, no phone calls, no texts. Don't, re- don't respond to an email. Don't click any links. Um, most of that uh, those tactics are trying to fish for your information. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did see several emails where, where it was, you know, click this link to find out, you know, how to get your benefits faster um, or to request your benefit payments. Um, and then you're linked to something that is actually grabbing your information. Um, so make sure that you're not clicking links. Um, the IRS does not call you. Uh, the IRS, you know, functions, but via mail. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and, and scammers are very, very savvy when it comes to technology. They can make your phone look like it's the IRS calling. Um, and, and those are not legitimate calls. So definitely stay calm, resist the urge to act immediately. Um, don't reply to a text or an email. Um, and then don't pay any fees for anybody handling the processing of your re- refund. There, there are no fees attached. It's just money that will come straight from the government. This is so crazy, this conversation that we're having, because I've realized over the last few years that information is the new currency. Once people Absolutely. have information, they can make money off of it, right? Make money off of people's identity. It's not just identity theft. It's about what they do with it. Can you talk about how that's impacted on what you guys are trying to sort out? Absolutely. I mean, information is is currency, exactly like you said. So, you know, if your phone rings and it's a number that you don't know, we recommend letting it go to voicemail because if you pick it up, then the person on the other end or the robot on the other end knows that it is a legitimate number. Um, so many phone numbers now are, are computers, you mm-hmm. know. Um so having a live person answer a phone is like, you know, scammer gold. They're able to then be like, ah, we got a live one here. <laughs> and they're able to then sell that number to other scammers and, and it becomes a new currency. You know, online reviews we were talking about a minute ago, that's another currency these days because mm-hmm. you have um, the the credibility of the business based on what other people have to say about them. So these are really important things that don't involve actual cash on hand, but could definitely involve the loss of cash later on down the road. Are you talking about fake reviews, either positive or negative? There are definitely fake reviews. There are things called bots Mm -hmm. and they go out and leave reviews on different companies. So, uh, you can you can once you've educated yourself and you can do a little research on what uh, a bot comment looks like, you can start to spot them. Um, they're not very personable, whereas you know a business owner really wants somebody to to say very detailed information and be passionate about how mm-hmm. great their experience was. Um, whereas a bot is going to be more succinct and not as detailed. Um, so yeah, that's that there are definitely fake reviews out there. There's another scam that I had to deal with personally. I recently moved and changed addresses and now you know what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, uh, get with, in touch with the postal service and let them mm-hmm. know so they can reroute your mail. Well, they yeah. have a service online, but there's a lot of people who are scamming that online that, you know, they're not the postal service, but they make it seem like they're going to pr- pass your information along to the postal service. Do you guys have to deal with any of that? Yes, um, we, we do see uh, basically being imposters, yeah. being a, go- a government imposter, and and I've seen the same, you know, ordering a, a new birth certificate, and, right. you know, there, like, there should be just one place to go and do that, but you see several websites and, and how you can get that information, and I mean, that's one of, that's one of our most personal documents, you know, and 
and uh, dangerous to get in the hands of other people. So definitely do your research ahead of time. Um, check to make sure that anytime you're using a website that, that does use personal information, like the Postal Service, if you're forwarding, make sure you're looking in the top where the, the web address goes to make sure there's an S there, an HTTPS. Yes. That means that the site is secure. There will also be a lock symbol there. And that will let you know. Otherwise, get out of there. Do not enter any personal information. Yeah, totally. In fact, another good thing to look out for is make sure it says either .gov or .org, right? Exactly, yes. Definitely look for that. We're talking with the uh, regional director of the Fort Worth Better Business Bureau, Amy Razor. And, Amy, this is such a great conversation. Can you talk about how maybe uh, what you guys do is more unique now because of online presence as opposed to the brick and mortar? I mean, there's businesses that you Mm -hmm. physically go to, but there's so many businesses that are online only or online have have a huge online presence. Can you talk about how that dynamic has changed over the years? Oh, absolutely. You know, especially this past year. Oh, my. Almost yeah. Everything moved online. <laughs> um, and I'm and right along with that and, and the move of trends, um, online shopping is where we see the most fraud take place. And, and that ha- that occurs in a variety of ways. So uh, the most common is that you order a product and you never receive it. So really, they're taking your money, they're taking your information, and then they're not sending you anything. Um We've also seen counterfeit goods. So you think you're ordering this legitimate product, maybe it's a designer or a specific toy or a brand, uh, and the product that you receive is not what you thought you ordered. Um, also phishing, so certainly trying to get people's information uh, through online means. Maybe they're clicking from social media to, to say, ooh, I like that product mm-hmm. that just showed up in my feed. I'm gonna go check that out. Um, just a side note, don't do that. Go to directly to the website. Don't click through social media. Um, so those are a lot of, of the different things that we've seen as far as online shopping. But it is definitely the top um, risk scam of, of the year as far as the number of reports we've received. When people say, oh, I'm just going to call the Better Business Bureau, <laughs> you have to receive that phone call. What kind of calls have you guys been receiving? And can you give us a few examples of either calls that were worthy or calls that were just outrageous and that's not your area <laughs> of expertise? Well, so our requirement, I'm glad that you asked, our requirement is that there has been a marketplace transaction. So there has to have been some kind of an exchange of good and service and, and money, basically. Um so we are not going to handle anything that's a, a, a complaint against an employer or any any of those situations. We're going to refer those to other agencies. That you say you're not HR. Those. You're not HR. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're not HR. Um, so we we will uh, handle it if it's if there's been a, a, a marketplace transaction. If it's not, then we what we call it is beyond purview. That it's not our area. Um, and so we then take it from there. Um, consumers are welcome to report uh, scams to our scam tracker, and that's just bbb.org slash scam tracker. They can also check there to see what scams have been reported in their area. So you can even zoom into your neighborhood and find out what kind of things have been going on in your area. Or you can zoom out and see more of the, the general ideas or, or issues of what's been going on. Um so those are some good tools for people to use when, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, a scam also, you know, refers to something where there may not have been, you know, a direct person that you can report, whereas filing a complaint means that you've had and done business with this particular business and you want some kind of resolution. Have you ever had to deal with people uh, calling about a church scam um, that would be a beyond purview for us. Um, we do see charity scams, and we do um, report. Uh, we have what's what's called Give.org, and that is our our nonprofit and charity side of BBB. Um, and we certainly pay attention uh, to those as well, and help folks that may have been a victim there. Are there any things where you guys 
handle the legal? In other words, are there is there a legal arm to the Better Business Bureau where people say, okay, I'm going to call the Better Business Bureau, Better Business Bureau on this company, and then they can use you guys to help legally challenge something? Well, we so because we're a nonprofit and you know our role is to do the mediation part, we actually try and work through the situation before there's a need for a lawyer. Ah. Um, however, when you get to the, the you know if you're going through the phases and it still hasn't been resolved, we do what do have what's called binding arbitration, where we can bring in an outside party to you know put the terms in writing, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, and make it more you know make it binding essentially. Um, so that's, that's how that part works. Um, when we collect information, um, we, we do a lot of research. We do a lot of digging. Uh, we figure out, uh, you know, is there a pattern? Are there several customers that have complained and we compile our information. We always give the business the opportunity to respond and explain, you know, what's going on. Um, and then if what we find is um, unethical and the business is unwilling to make any changes, the, that is when we report it to the media. If what we receive is um, illegal and we find that there is information that is, you know, <laughs> taking advantage of the law, right. the law we then pass right. all of the, that information over to the authorities. We're talking with Amy Razor. She's the regional director, the Fort Worth regional director of the Better Business Bureau. And 2020 was such a tough year with COVID and a lot of businesses were lost. Can you talk about the impact of some of the businesses or some of the numbers of businesses that you guys lost because of the economic situation? Yeah, I mean, it's, it was a tough year for so many. Um, you know, we we've definitely been there to to talk through some of those hard conversations and then we've also you know understood and and listened when the decision was you know we're just we're just going to close our doors Mm -hmm. um again that's another heartbreaking thing when you're a business owner that's that's your dream um there were many you know options of applying for funding and getting grants um but not everyone you know was able to do that or, or understood how to do that or were able to secure the funds. So um, as far as numbers go, you know, I don't have any specific numbers as to how many businesses closed in our area. Um, but we certainly feel for those that did and, and want to be a resource for those that, that might be struggling. Were the toughest closings uh, in retail or restaurants, can you give us the particular industries that you notice? I mean, you don't. We're not going to hold you to it, but the ones that you notice <laughs> that were like, oh sure, my goodness. I would say, yeah, I would say I noticed a lot of restaurants. You know, just because there was, you know, so much limitation on, you know, first just being completely closed altogether, and then staggered reopening. Um, thankfully, retail. Most retailers can can do a portion, or at least some of what they do online. Um, but yeah, restaurants really, restaurants and bars were hit very hard. What about barber shops and beauty shops? <laughs> yes, they were hit hard, and then once they were able to open, people were swarming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were ready to get that haircut and color. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Everybody had had to get out of the house a little bit and socially distance with the masks and whatnot. Were there any businesses that you were aware of that had an upshot in business? In other words, they were absolutely there for the, for the call, so to speak. It's like this situation actually helped their business. Yes. There were actually many businesses that, that saw a boom during this time. So, um, Home general contracting was one of one of the big ones because mm-hmm. people were at home and seeing stuff and projects that they needed worked on. Um, so that was a big one. Um, any kind of uh, landscaping was really uh, did really well. Roofing did really well. Um, anything to do with any kind of hobbies. Um, was also very popular, so things that people could do to stay entertained while at home. Um, those were all businesses that did well. And then, of course, you know, people put supplying supplies, so grocery stores. You know, they, <laughs> they had empty shelves for a while. 
Can you talk about how it impacted your business in particular, how you guys were set up? Did you have to do more Zoom? Were you in office? or I mean, just kind of explain and paint a picture for how you guys were able to still function through the COVID pandemic. Absolutely. So March 13th, just like everyone else, we, we got the news that it was, it was time to shut everything down and that we were making the decision to, to work from home. Um, very, very thankfully, our leadership, you know, said nobody's jobs are in jeopardy or in, at any risk. Mm-hmm. We're all going to go home and work and we're going to work hard and do what we always do. Um, I, I was worried for sure because my, my role is all forward facing and community engagement and um, doing news stories like this. And uh, I was worried about how that was going to work. But, you know, just like everybody else, we quickly transitioned to, you know, Zoom and phone calls and, and uh, just made it work, you know. And um, we're all very thankful that we were able to transition so well. Um, to doing all of the work that we do remotely. Can you talk about what's what's wound up being easier or what has also been more difficult since you're not, you know, in the building on a regular basis? Um, I would say that um, reduced travel time is probably one of the, the best perks. You know, I can schedule a meeting uh, at 11 and then schedule another one at noon because I don't have to make the drive from the, right. the first meeting location to the next, you know, so certainly able to do that. Um, I think that the hardest part for us is how much we miss each other. Mm-hmm. Like we're such a big family and, you know, it's hard for us to be away from each other. We miss each other like crazy. How many people in your office? In our office in Fort Worth, we have 25. Okay. And, uh, in the region, and you guys are all interconnected in different ways, right? The mm-hmm. Better Business Bureau. How many different ones are there in North Texas? And I'm sure you all have relationships. Yeah, so our BBB is, is called BBB Serving the Heart of Texas. And like I mentioned before, as a nonprofit, we're governed by a board of directors and have basically um, our own standalone of BBB. Mm-hmm. All of us are connected and use the same database and the same information and websites and all of that good stuff. But each BBB is is governed by their own board of directors. So ours is called Heart of Texas, and it includes Fort Worth, Waco, Bryan College Station, Austin, San Antonio, Midland, Odessa, and Corpus Christi. Wow. So our, yeah. <laughs> so our staff combined is right at about 100 staff members. Um, the majority of our folks are in Austin. We have 25 in Fort Worth. We have about 15 in San Antonio. And then those other offices, uh, Midland, Corpus, et cetera, those are uh, satellite offices with just the regional director, which is my role. Can you tell our place. listeners how they can get in touch with you or, or any information you want them to know about 2021 that you have going on? Absolutely. Well, check us out at BBB.org at Geolocate so you can, you know, find your BBB. Um, I run the BBB Fort Worth Facebook page and Twitter. Um, so definitely connect with me there. I'm happy to do a one-on-one with businesses. That's really going to be our focus is uh, making sure that the services we're providing are relevant and important during this challenging time. How do you join the BBB? Same same place. Oh, okay. dot org, and uh, you can you can click to get accredited, and you'll learn more about the accreditation benefits and how to join. And is there any big project or or something that you guys have going on for twenty twenty one that hopefully you know everybody vaccine by then and and you can <laughs> I mean I'm just trying to figure out how people can get together with you at some point or is that or is that not what you guys do at all. No, it is. It is. We love to do events. We love to do <clears throat> community events, networking, okay. opportunities to, to get together. We, we eventually, we have a new building um, wow. that we haven't been able to move into yet. Oh, my. So we want to have a grand opening party That's like the Texas that. Rangers at their, their baseball <laughs> stadium. <laughs> they yeah. haven't been able to use it for the fans yet. I hear you. Exactly. Yes. So we will be having a party at some point to have our grand opening there. Would love for people to come out and just see us and visit with us. You know, we're, we're, we're this big name that's been around for a hundred years, but we're also, you know, a really good bunch of good people that, that want to have relationships in the community. 
is it, what's the best part about it? I have to ask you before we go. What's the best part about what you do? <laughs> um, Knowing that you affect yeah. lives or, I mean, what's the best part? Yeah. I mean, we, so our motto is work hard, play hard and make a difference. And and we do that. Like we really take care of each other as a family and a staff. Um, and we all take, you know, pride and see ourselves as leaders in, in the roles that we play for the BBB. And so for me, I, I, my, is a joy. You know, I get to, to talk with business owners and, and meet with them and discuss challenges and solutions and um, ways to overcome obstacles. And then I also get to be out in the community and educate people. And, and that's part of our, our other part of our nonprofit is the 501c3 um, is our education foundation. So I get to do speaking engagements and, and talk with people in groups and, it's just a lot of fun to, to be engaged in the community. Well, it was a fun, engaging conversation we had with you. We've got to do it again. Yes, anytime. All right. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> I'm Chris Arnold Thank of 105.3 The Fan. Thanks, everyone, for joining me. Tune in next week as we focus on another organization doing great things in our community right here on Better Living. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.